welcome to the Indie Marketers Podcast. My name is Mike McFarland. This is episode six. Six, 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 six. Not sex, 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 sex. Six, 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 six. Like Drake. I'm a Toronto native. I grew up just north of the city of Toronto in a town called Markham. Migrated to the downtown core when I met my beautiful wife, Kim. And now live in the country. Don't live in Toronto anymore. But Toronto will always be in my heart. What up, Drake? What up? Anywho, we have an awesome episode this week. We met with the team or the co-founders of Emmy Collective, Sydney Mulligan and Lauren Aquilino. And I even gave Lauren a little bit of a behind the curtains look as to how I was able to pronounce her last name correctly on the first try. Little consulting tip. You're going to want to listen to this episode around how to ensure that you can say your customers, your prospects, your friends, your family, folks in your life, you want to say their name correctly. How do you do it? How do you do it on the first try? There's a little, a little secret I let it into in the first few minutes of this podcast. So enjoy that. This was a super fun conversation for me. I feel like I've known Lauren and Sydney forever. And the reality of the situation is we've only known each other for maybe two or three months. And when I say know each other, we've interacted with each other on LinkedIn. We're obviously part of the same sort of community. We're, we're running MarTech marketing operations, revenue operations, sales operations, agencies. Why the hell am I talking to a competitor? Why? Wh- how in this day and age can you talk to a competitor? Listen, there's enough on a table for absolutely everyone. And you'll, I think you'll get a sense of the type of camaraderie I think folks like, like myself and Lauren and Sydney have for each other. In terms of wanting to support each other and help each other and make sure that we can all do the things that we're really passionate about, which is helping our customers and running these businesses. So really great conversation today. I'm really excited for everyone to listen to it. Thank you if you have subscribed to this podcast on your favorite podcasting services. It's uh, honestly, when I look at the the listens, the downloads, the plays, whatever, how, however you categorize it from a podcasting standpoint, it's been so consistent lately, which is crazy to me. That tells me people are listening to more than one episode. And that I it's so humbling just to know that folks are are actively listening to this podcast. And yeah, thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I really, really, really appreciate the fact that I get fantastic people who want to come on this podcast. Lauren and Sydney, Lee Oxley, Stephen Sofer, John Miller, Stephen Woods. I mean, Emma Scott. Appreciate the fact that folks are listening and sharing feedback with me or or things like that. So thank you. Really, really, really appreciate that. Before we get into the conversation, we have to talk about the music. And we have to talk about the socials. Let's run through the socials really quick. Follow me on LinkedIn, Mike McFarlane. Follow 3MG, Mike McFarlane Marketing Group on LinkedIn. Follow us on Instagram at 3MG.ca. 
Those are the socials for this week. In terms of music, we're going with Evanescence, folks. We talked a little bit about butt rock again on this podcast. We talked a little bit about Evanescence on this podcast. So I thought it was very appropriate to have Amy Lee and the folks at Evanescence perform the musics on this week's episode. So what you heard coming into the episode was a song called What You Want, which is off the self-titled album, Evanescence. Not their first album. A lot of first albums can sometimes be self-titled albums. For Evanescence, no, 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 no. This was like 2011, I think. Off the self-titled album, Evanescence. Closing out this episode and going into the outro and post-outro because we have this new format now. I talked about this last week. You're going to hear the intro song twice. You're going to hear the outro song twice. And taking us out of today's episode is the song Going Under off the album Fallen. It's a banger. Whether you like to agree or not, you can't... I'm sorry. You can't tell me that Going Under is not a banger. It holds strong to this day. And I really enjoy it. So that's why I'm playing it today. And it also coincides with the fact that we talked about evidence on the podcast. Anywho, let's get into the, to today's episode. Lauren Aquilino, Sydney Mulligan, and Emmy Collective. Let's go. Sydney Mulligan, Lauren Aquilino, the Emmy Collective. How is it going? What? Here we are. You you pronounced my name correctly. I you did. Also, if I'm being honest, I practiced. Well, how did you know? So I this is an old kind of consulting thing I've done since I got into consulting. Um, if I like, I've always I always want to make sure I pronounce someone's first name or last name correctly. Go on Google Translate, put in the last name, and have it say it. Did it say it in a nice Midwestern accent? No. <laughs> it sounded like a very computer Aquilino. accent. It was probably Italiano. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's what I've, like, when it, if, if I'm meeting someone like for the first time or something like that, I always wanted to make sure I made a good first impression. You so, know what? This is why I love Canadians. Tip. This is the most wholesome thing I have ever heard. These are the... These are the kind of hot tips you only get from a Canadian. I love it. This is adorable. Yeah, I love Canadians. Are there like so? Just being Canadian, are there certain things? Like, are there certain things that that not not that you expect from Canadians, but you have this like, you know what? That's a very Canadian thing. Like, if you were to hear that as an American, apologizing. Yeah, we do say sorry a lot. Being very nice. Sorry. 
sorry. Sorry. sorry. sorry is a big one. I don't know. See, I have um, been professionally close to quite a few Midwesterners. So the Midwestern Canadian line gets quite blurred for me. Absolutely. Uh, like Lauren obviously is Midwestern and our other friend Kimmy and um, Cam Conrad, who I he used to work for me is from Minnesota and he's super Minnesotan. Um, <laughs> Minnesota's like, like South like Canadian. Very, yeah, it really yeah. is. It feels it like it's more Canada is. than yeah. than the United States, but. Interesting. I, so I uh, previously worked at Revenue Pools and they're headquartered in Ottawa. So I spent some time in Canada and spent a lot of time with the Canadians. And you know, there's just like a certain chill Canadian vibe. Even I feel like the second you cross the border, you're like, First of all, there's a lot more trees in Canada yes. than there are. <laughs> so, Can I, mean, I tell you guys something? I, I've i never been to Canada. <gasps> Where never. you gotta go. Blasphemy. I've never been. It's a beautiful country. I've never yeah. been to Tim Hortons. I've never seen a moose. You're not I've missing much with Mountie. Tim Hortons, don't worry. Like, Tim really? Hortons, I have not seen a moose either. No, nah, Tim Hortons is like, it's like McDonald's up here. It's it used to have like a, a certain very like Canadianity kind of connotation in terms of I like feel, I think I associate it with Dunkin' Donuts, no? I associate it with like Krispy Kreme. Oh, I love I think Krispy you guys Kreme. Are being too hey, confident. did you guys know I had a Krispy Kreme wedding cake? What? Yeah, it was just That's a possible? Whole tower of Krispy Kreme donuts. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. This is America, <laughs> land of the free. <laughs> at home with the Krispy Kreme wedding cakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's... I'm from North Carolina, which is where Krispy Kreme was founded. Mm. And I love donuts. So Krispy Kreme is actually... actually relatively new up here in Canada. Like it's only been here for about 20 mm. years. Which I think is still pretty new, isn't it? it was... I remember because I, I can remember. Yeah, I think Krispy Kreme's first... like, like 80 years old or something. Yeah, I remember when the first store opened in Toronto. It was right near where I went to where I went to college and my buddy went and picked up a box and changed my life around donuts. Like, yeah, it's other. Do they do them hot? Did you get a hot box? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. With the sign in the window. Like, like, yes, 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 yes. yes, Cooking and shit like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Hot light is on. Love it. Yes. Yes. Well, we've talked a lot about Canadian stuff. Let's talk about MarTech, <laughs> the stuff that cool. fine. <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> this is oh, a this business is more of a donut related podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> we maybe we're onto something with a donut related podcast because I don't know if anyone's. Should doing we start that. a new podcast? We could have hey. three podcasts between the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already trying to think like of a punny name. We'll have to spend uh, more time on that. I'm yeah. sure we'll mm-hmm. we'll think of something. Um, how did each of you get started in Martech? We'll start with you. Great question. Um, I think Lauren and I are both from the realm of time that I believe has ended where no one got into Martech on purpose. Yes. And it was just something that was thrust upon you against your will and you either stuck with it or you didn't. So I got into Martech. But you had a pretty, you had like a pretty, um, similar like starting ground though yeah yeah I I did not get into MarTech on purpose because I did not know it existed but I was like unknowingly preparing myself for it so when I was in college I was studying um advertising yep PR advertising and I had a summer internship where I 
needed to work with someone's website and I found their website guy really annoying and he was not responsive. And I was like, I need to just figure out how to do this by myself. And then I will not need to mess with this anymore. So when I came back to college in the fall, I added a computer science major also. And I ended up graduating with a computer science degree and a marketing degree. And uh, my first job was a marketing job, but they bought Marketo while I was there. And they were like, we think that you need to my boss actually told me, she's like, you're the Marketo queen now. So wow. you just go learn this and it's going to be your thing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I did. And the rest of the time. That was a manifestation right there. It really was, it's right? I, uh, I wasn't there that much longer after that because I learned Marketo and I was like, wow, this thing is fucking cool. And you guys just want to send emails out of it. And that sucks. So I'm going to go somewhere where they want to do really cool stuff with this. <laughs> and That's I did. Cool. I went somewhere else that had been using Marketo for a while. had some people there that were experts already. And they trained me up and taught me. The rest is all history. That's all. Yeah. that's. I never thought of it that way in terms of like, the. there is a cohort of people that got into marketing automation without even thinking they were getting into marketing automation. Yes. It was certainly not like something that anyone talked about at school. No, no, you didn't learn. But I, now you can absolutely take MarTech classes in college. It's wild. Isn't that wild? That's insane. <laughs> How about you, Lord? How did you get started? Um, much more accidental and not prepared at all to be in technology. <laughs> I first went to school um, in Chicago for music business. And then decided I was like much too Midwestern and kind to be in that industry. Um, and <laughs> actually my, my teacher was um, Kanye's booking agent back in the day. And she was like, you need to be able to lie, steal and cheat your way. And I was like, oh my gosh, mom, can I please come home? <laughs> I just want to be able to study my way, <laughs> really. Um, but so I came back home and I, you know, took every class under the sun because who can decide what they want to do with their life at the age of 18. Yep. I ended up graduating, um, with an international relations, um, degree with a focus in international business and a minor in marketing. So I like also the minor in marketing was accidental. Like, you know, the advisor was like, ah, you need like three more credit hours to graduate. And also if you take this marketing class, it will be a minor. And I was like, Sure. Okay. That'll look good on a resume. Um, so I graduated, I'm really, um, dating myself, but in 2008 from school, and that was like at the height of a recession. So it's like not a great time to be graduating and trying to get a job, but I did get a job as a, um, as a database intern, which at the time really just meant like creating spam lists. Like I literally remember someone like <laughs> like providing a list of names and companies and being like, go find their emails, like on the World Wide web. And I remember like, you know, people had used their email addresses to like sign, like, um, like obituary guest books. And I'd be like, Oh, yep. There's the, uh, registrar at, um, so-and-so college. <gasps> Did you create the dark web? <laughs> If I did, I did it unknowingly and for $7 an hour. So, okay. Let me tell you, I, I also, I don't know if this is better or worse, but at my first job, they had me create email addresses with an Excel formula based on someone's first name, last name, and first website. Name, last name. 
thousand percent. Yeah, yes. and then load them all in, send to them, and export out everyone who delivered successfully. And that was our list. Wow. I don't think we ever looked at them afterwards. I think I just kept going, <laughs> picking up email addresses. <laughs> um, so we graduated from our internal email system to Silverpop. Ooh. Which is silver pop a thing? Ooh, I know IBM acquired them like quite some time ago, but is it still? I don't a... know if it's still. There's no way. Pop. It can't be. I think it went to an IBM graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. I we think very it, maturely I think it got it merged poop. with silver poop. Silver poop. <laughs> 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 I, I honestly, I haven't heard silver pop since like, yeah, since around that time, like 2008 yeah. to mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah. Like, I remember like we had silver pop maybe for like a year or maybe less. And I remember calling support because I had been promoted to the intern that <laughs> uses silver pop. And I remember it being like, oh, you need to set up. Oh, we were, we're trying to set up lead scoring. And the way that you did it was you had to set it up on every single link. Like you'd be like, if they click this link, give them three points. And then like well, another link in the email would be like, if they click this link. And so I called their support and I was like, this, this can't be right. Right. I can't just say like (laughs) any link, just give them three points. And they're like, nope, that's right. And I like put my head, this literally, I put my head on my keyboard and cried. And my boss was like, I'm trying to look into Marketo. Maybe this is time. And I was like, it's time. It's going to take me forever to put scoring on every single link in every email. Like that's so dumb. Um, and so we looked into Marketo and at the same time we were looking to Marketo, my boss at the time, Dave, what up, Dave? Um, he like conned Kimmy, um, Kimmy Corrigan, who's been around since also this time. She lived in the Cleveland area, but she did not work for Highland where I work. She, um, he was like, Hey, can you just come in and tell us about Marketo and like your, um, experience but like secretly it was a recruiting mission also to get her in the office and like love everyone so um she did end up coming to work for us and so she was like marketo's first marketo champion of the year um and really did a great job of bringing marketo into highland and then teaching a whole team of us to use the system so i was actually at the time like in demand generation um and then once like I started really getting into Marketo and went to my first Marketo summit, I was like, oh, I love the technology side of things. So um, after being at Highland for six years, I bounced over to GE um, where I led the marketing automation operations there and got a little bit more technical focus. So that's that. Accidental experts. Yeah. Good way of putting it, maybe. I don't know. Cause yeah, like no one, like back then, no one went to school for this. Like I'm, I'm going to date myself too. Like I graduated in 2004 and then I started Eloqua in 2006. Like Marketo, I think was very Eloqua, a nice vintage. A very good vintage. Um, kind of sad what's happened to them, but it, it is yeah, what it is. Rip. That's what happens with Oracle. <laughs> Many things like that. I would say that we are brilliant on purpose and experts on accident. Brilliant on purpose. Experts on it. That's a tagline. <laughs> That's the episode title now. Yeah, Amy Collective. Purpose. Brilliant <laughs> on purpose. Experts on X. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, so you guys both kind of came in with Marketo uh, and obviously you live in different parts of the country. How did you two join forces? How did you two meet? 
It's what a great a question. question. Yeah, <laughs> to tell you. So um, I'll set the stage a little bit, but from GE, I went over to, I was at GE for like two years and then went into consulting with Revenue Pulse. And Sydney, actually, we've talked about this before, I think, on the pod that I did interview at Atumos, did not get oh, a yeah. job. And then <laughs> they hired me instead. They hired Sydney. So, uh, so I was at Atumos for like almost, I think it was like three and a half years, four years. Yeah. And then I, left. I just want to take a break from consulting and went back to Brandside. And while I was there, I had my second kid. And while I was on maternity leave, I got laid off <gasps> a 2022 vintage layoff, oh, February, 2022, before anyone else was getting laid off a layoff yep. trendsetter, if you will. Ooh, now, maybe like we need a shirt that says I was, I was laid off before it was cool. I was laid off before it was cool. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, had never been laid off before, which weird flex, but okay. And I had never been so upfront about looking for a job before. So I posted on LinkedIn First of all, I, my daughter was like six weeks old and I was in no state of mind to be doing any of this, but I was like, I guess this is what I have to do now. So wow. I posted on LinkedIn and I was like, I am hashtag open to work because I got laid off and uh, was not prepared for how many people reached out to me, which was overwhelming. But one of them was Lauren who slid into my Instagram DMs. Ooh. <laughs> where were you Lauren where were you when you slid into my Instagram DMs? I was you know I was at the perfect place for this um I was in Palm Springs at our very first Emmy workation with our first member Crystal we had decided that if we were profitable at all in 2021 I'm losing track of time um, that we would take our, that we, that Emmy would, you know, take us on this business planning vacation workation to, um, Palm Springs. So I saw that, um, Cindy had posted this on LinkedIn and Crystal and I were already creating vibes for what Emmy was going to look like. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. If, if we are going to grow and do something, like there's no one else. Like I, I basically know Sydney has had a very similar um, career path as I had. And so I know she could do the job that I can do um, and that she's got a similar personality just from following each other on Instagram. So we actually had never met in person and had never talked before. And you were like, yeah, fine, call me. And it was like 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m., Pacific and Crystal was like, oh my gosh, get a coffee and go outside and sit by the pool. You need vibes. You need vibes for this. And so I just like very, you know, confidently was like, hey, do you want to do this? First of all, I was having, I had a medical leave last year. So I was like, please, dear God, will you like cover for my, my medical leave? Cause that's a, like a, that's a big deal for freelancing. Oh my is, God. You know, you're on your own. And I'm like, oh, I got to have surgery and like recover for oh, six you. weeks. Does that mean that I like lose my clients? What do I do? Um, so that was kind of the first start. I was like, if you want to test it, like see how we can work together. I do need coverage, but I don't know, Cindy, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts were at that time when I was just like, let's work together and build a business. How hi, hi, I'm Lauren. Uh, we kind of know each hi. other. <laughs> <laughs> nice to sort of meet you. Uh, well, I, I thought it was interesting. I was talking to a bunch of other people too. I had 
two criteria. One was that we should meet in person before we decide to do this. So I told Lauren that I would come to Ohio and she was like, Ohio sucks. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to Florida. <laughs> so we went to Florida. Uh, my other personal criteria was that I wanted to have a, another offer before I went to Florida. So I was like, I want to make sure that I'm choosing to do this and not just taking the thing that came. Um, so I did. I had two other offers when I went to Florida. We went to Siesta Key. I took my daughter. She was four months old at the time. And we stayed in a very vibey mermaid themed Airbnb. <laughs> and uh, it was also a duplex with a shark themed Airbnb where there was a bachelorette party happening, which led to the event of us manifesting what we wanted Emmy to be sitting outside on the AstroTurf yard, sharing a fence with shark Airbnb's AstroTurf yard. I had my four month old baby. We are like writing business plans on post-it notes and some head pops over the fence and is like, I saw your baby and I'm so sorry. I'm sure we're so loud, but we have a bartender over here and we'll bring you some drinks. So Lauren and I were sipping some sort of PJ cocktail out of penis straws (laughs) and planning our business. And that is how Emmy Collective was born. That's wild. So uh, like, and like I'm on the outside looking in, I would have thought you guys had known each other forever. Like this, the way that you two vibe together and listen, listening to your podcast and, and all that. And it's really only been what a year and a half, less than a year, less than a year. (laughs) Wow. No, we have, we do have many commonalities like similar backgrounds obviously like when you have a commonality as big as like well I shouldn't say that as big as Marketo as maybe as niche as Marketo or as niche as yeah. marketing automation or operations like you don't have a lot of people to talk to oh, about that. oh we're also cousins what? oh yes we are cousins we what? I have, I'm kind of yeah. into, <laughs> what was it Sydney is it like 10th cousins or 7th Closer. It's, it's yeah, way distant, extremely We share Pennsylvanian Germans. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Pennsylvanian <laughs> German. What is that? Um, okay, so the the second time Lauren and I met in person, the first time was when we went to Florida and I was not even sure I was going to do this or not. In fact, I had another job offer that I was like, I feel bad even going to Florida because I'm pretty sure I'm going to take this. And then I met Lauren and I was like, well, nope, I'm going to do this. So sorry, everyone. This is what we're doing. YOLO. Uh, the second time we met in person, I came to Ohio and the second night of our trip, our personal philosophy as a small startup is we do one night on the town, one night on the couch. So the night on the couch was I slept in Lauren's bed with her and her husband <laughs> slept in the basement. Um, and we, she was doing our ancestry.com thing trying to find where we were cousins and I'm like logged her into my ancestry account on her phone and I am like falling asleep in bed and she's like is this your grandpa is this your grandpa (laughs) (laughs) oh man so so we became family well yeah I think yeah that's certainly one way to become family I think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think again, like I said, like you guys just, you guys seem to have this bond, like a, just like family bond anyway. So it's really cool to see. 
Lauren, I guess with, with your kind of starting with Emmy, like, was it a result of the pandemic? Totally. Yeah. So I had, you know, I was part of like the great resignation. Um, I have three kids and I think I, I really like the past three years. I know everyone says it are a blur. Like if I think back, like what year was it that I even made this decision? I'm not sure. But um, my kids, like when I got their school schedules, I had a second grader, a kindergartner, and then like a one-year-old. And the second grader was going to go to school every Mondays and Wednesdays and every other Friday, but the kindergartner was going to be in school half days every single day. And then I had to figure out like who was going to watch the baby. And I was like, and my husband and I work full time. Like, I just cannot, I, I, I'm not, I know this about myself. I'm not, I can't manage my own schedule very well. I can't manage like the kids are going to be showing up at the wrong time. So we actually ended up deciding to homeschool that year. Um, and we were hosting an au pair from Brazil. Um, and we ended up like moving to Florida for a couple of months and traveling quite a bit during COVID. Um, but after I decided to um, leave Revenue Pulse because I was homeschooling my kids, um, I ended up like, you know, not working for a while and then taking on um, a small Pardot client, which I was like, this is great. Like I can, can, like, I don't have all this overwhelming work. I just have one thing that I'm doing. Um, I think, you know, the grass is always greener when you're on the client side, you're like, I'm a little bit bored. I want to go back to consulting. And then when you're on the consulting side, you're like, I just wish I could just own one instance and just <laughs> build emails. I um, ask people to do stuff for me. That's yeah. like that. That's where my mind always goes. Like, where's I, my consultant to outsource stuff? I don't want to. I, do. <laughs> I love what I do. I'm sure you guys love what, love what you do as well. But there's a certain thing when you're not a consultant when you're on the client side where it just feels nice to to like say what you want and someone then takes it and goes and does some stuff for you. Like it just mm-hmm. it's a very liberating thing. Such luxury, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as I went to. A, Went back client side from a two mouse. I hired a two mouse so I could buy someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. You go do it. Yeah. Now. Thanks. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I, that client ended up just becoming more than I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, well, would you mind if I subcontracted to someone who is looking for this type of work? And they're like, oh, absolutely not. Um, and then I ended up getting another client, um, through Kimmy. And so me and this other subcontractor were kind of managing these two smaller clients, but they both continued to grow. So my second client ended up wanting Salesforce work and I'm a Salesforce certified. So it was fine for a while, um, until they wanted even more. And I was like, I just can't do it all. I wonder if the admin that I used to work with when I was at GE, whom I loved would be interested because, she has a skincare business. And so she seems like the kind of person who's like, not all in on corporate, not trying to like grow her career there. Um, She was at Progressive Insurance, like another big corporation. And so I was like, would you be interested in like moonlighting or consulting a little bit? And she was like, absolutely. I'm putting in my two weeks. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. 
decisions, decisions. <laughs> yeah. So she like made that decision really quickly and she's still with us, like still doing, you know, working for us half the time and doing her skincare business half the time. And she's so happy. And I think that's what's missing from like regular agency work or regular client side work is you just, you, as much as you want to say like, oh, they're so flexible. They give me unlimited PT or whatever. Like you are just not fully in charge of the work that you want to do. Like there are still projects that are coming across your lap that you're like, I do not, I'm not excited for this. Or there are times you want to work more than you want to work. But when you're um, independent, you, you really do choose. And if you feel like you're not choosing, you are right. Like you, you, you have that choice um, to build your, your calendar. Um, so that's how things got bigger was when we had three. And when Nikki, when Nikki quit her job, that was really scary for me because I was like, oh no, uh, now, now I like need to make sure she has work because if she doesn't, it's going to be bad. She's going to go like, you know, have to get another job. Um, so I think it was just the three of us, Sydney, when I think we had a developer that we were working with too, but I think it was just the three of us when you and I met um met up and we grew really very very quickly I'm not sure I'm not sure if we've had other people like fully commit and quit corporate jobs like Nikki did um but have partnered with a ton of independent consultants already um and others that are that are moonlighting am I wrong no I think you're right about that I think there's uh, there's plenty of people who I have met with plenty of people who are like, listen, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to become an independent consultant. And it seems like that's something you guys do. Can we work together? Like we've, we've had plenty of people that way. And we have other people that we just already knew that were already independent consultants that we wanted to work with that we've started working with since then. So, and I guess like that's, is that really how Emmy kind of runs? Like you're, there's a whole bunch of independent consultants that are. Yeah collaborating work together, using each other's skill sets and obviously delivering value exactly so when Lauren and I were in Florida and we were talking about like what I had never been a freelancer before and I was like I don't like I've never been a freelancer before because I don't want to be because it sounds awful why would I want to have my livelihood so dependent on whether or not I'm able to drum up business and why would I want to spend my time chasing down someone's stupid accounts payable department Mm. to know whether or not I'm gonna be able to pay my rent like that's that's more stress than I can take on or have ever been willing to take on so part of what we aim to do is make it easier to be a freelancer um Emmy absorbs a lot of that kind of painful slash non-billable work for our consultants Uh, another thing that always scared me about freelancing was what if I don't know what to do? Like I, when I was a consultant, I was part of a big agency. And if I didn't know what to do or needed help with something, there's a million people I could call on and someone would help step in right away. Uh, so that's another thing we provide for our consultants is if they're running into a problem, they just need someone to troubleshoot it with, you know, there's plenty of, there's like a huge marketing ops community, but I've always found it kind of awkward as a consultant to be too transparent about issues I'm having or questions I have in a community that also includes my prospects. Okay. Don't, I don't want to look stupid in front of someone that might pay me a bunch of money to be their expert. Um, so we provide like that kind of safe space with our, the other members of the collective to uh, be able to ask questions. And if, if they 
like the client has another need for a different kind of specialist, like they've run into some lean data stuff, then we have a lean data guy that they can pull in really easily. Their contract is through Emmy um, and they're able to access any, any member of the collective under their agreement. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like I, what you said about like feeling like you have to know everything is like, and I've been, I've like on the agency world, I never worried about it. Because there was right. always some, you always had a developer, you always had a designer, you right. had a business analyst. Even you, you could be the master of none as long as you knew kind of how to talk into talk about certain situations and things like that. And that's the one thing that scares me now is well, not scares me, but it like you want to you don't want to tell your clients you don't know how to do the thing. There are very eloquent ways of saying you don't know how to do the thing mm-hmm. without being so like blunt, like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, yeah, but then when you get off the phone, where yeah, are you gonna turn? Like, oh. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> well, and, and Jeeves. And, and like, Jeeves. I think Thank you so much. I, behind the curtain, I have folks that I can go to, like just other people I've worked with in the past, just ask random questions. Uh, I'll even ask some of my clients questions on behalf of other clients that I'm working with. So like you get resourceful that way for sure, but it's definitely scary when you feel like you have to know everything for your client. And when you don't, you get scared because it's just like, well, if I can't do this, do they think that I can do the next thing? And then does that mean that they're going to cut me off? Are they going to start looking for paying me at all? Exactly. (laughs) Did they realize I'm actually dumb? Exactly. Oh gosh, exactly. the imposter syndrome is so real. Consulting. So real. Oh my yeah, gosh, it's so real. Big time. I I think imposter syndrome in general within Martech is very real. Like I don't know if you guys scan LinkedIn, but like I feel like do we scan LinkedIn? Well, Hello. But like I just my full time job is chip posting on LinkedIn. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my title, founder and shit poster okay actually lauren's entire bio on linkedin is fractional baddie that is all it says <laughs> and she keeps sending bad. me these screenshots of her family members that are viewed her linkedin profile and it's like do you think i think they're staging an intervention <laughs> <laughs> lauren what's a fractional baddie are you okay isn't that part of the fun? It would, it would not be the first intervention, that's for sure. <laughs> but isn't that it, it one of the fun things? I think one of the fun things about doing this on your own is that like you can present yourself the way that you want to be presented and not in some like corporate cloak of like, yes. which that's where I think that a lot of the imposter syndrome comes from, at least on LinkedIn for me on my feed. And then maybe I need to clean my feed up, but everything is fucking broetry. Um, well, like, big like stand on the soapbox and declare that this is the way that things need to be done like ugh, i can't I hate it i hate it I so hate much it. linkedin is just such a cesspool that i can't quit it <laughs> but none of us can quit it like because like that's where our network is mm-hmm. yeah. like I, 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 like outside of like doing this podcast and like and and doing some video stuff that I'm going to be doing. Like the main reason I keep LinkedIn is really just because of all my connections and I can message people that I know. Yeah. I like, I just, I can't get behind the whole thing and a curse. It is. It really LinkedIn algorithm needs some work because it is prioritizing dinguses and not valuable content. It's true. That's my hot take. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, if you're making hot takes then you want to be (laughs) for sure. Um, 
What do you two enjoy about entrepreneurship? Shit posting on LinkedIn. Posting. <laughs> yeah, that's the freedom. <laughs> the freedom. Uh, no, I do. I like the, you know, exactly what we're talking about. I like the freedom to be able to represent myself as my authentic self and not whatever you say is a reflection of the company that you work for. Everything I say is a reflection of the company that I work for, but the company that I work for is your company. Me. So, <laughs> great. It should be a reflection of the company I work for. Absolutely. Um, I yeah, think, I really I think like one that. thing that makes uh, the way Sydney and I run Emmy a little bit different than on like a typical um, entrepreneurship would be that like, we're not necessarily super growth driven. I know that sounds yeah. strange. Like, of course people yep. want to make money, but we've, we've let it grow very organically. We've not done like cold calling or like tried to drum up business. Um, we know that we're at a time in our lives where we've stepped back from work that was really stressful. And so we want to make sure that we don't create that extra stress for ourselves, that we don't get into something too fast that we then, you know, regret. Um, but there are some days where I'm like, Oh my, like there was like a day or two ago, we had like two conversations with some like really amazing Marketo practitioners that we were like, Holy crap. Like what could this turn into but we don't like rush into that again we just kind of take it day by day and see um see how it pans out for the other people that are involved for the collective too because our whole thing is that uh if the consultants are happy and they're happy by managing their own time and doing the work that they want and getting paid as much as possible then we know that our clients will be taken care of absolutely um and so we just yeah we just don't want to put extra pressure on ourselves which is like you know, we're definitely anti-hustle culture, which is typically associated with startups. Yeah. Yeah. We had a meeting with our, one of our mentors not that long ago, and she was helping us think through like our brand messaging. And then she was talking about business objectives for 2023. and was like, well, how much would you like to grow the business in 2023? And we were both like, oh, none. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that to be a goal. Don't write that down. (laughs) Sounds like work. (laughs) No, no, thank you. She was like, uh, well, I mean, even retention and maintenance is a goal. A so goal. I'm going to put that here. <laughs> yeah. So it's more about, you know, retaining the clients that we have, retaining the consultants that we have, uh, maximizing their utilization, like getting, just making sure that everyone's as happy as possible. That was our whole, that was the other thing that happened while we were in Florida, which Lauren doesn't like that I talk about, but I do it anyway, uh, is we came up with happy cows which is from a commercial for, I believe. I wonder if they have that in Canada, that commercial. Oh my God, probably not. Cause I think it was like a California dairy lobby thing, but it was, it was called happy cows make the best cheese. Happy cows come from California. Is that and laughing cow? Cause there's laughing cow cheese. It's least. not laughing cow cheese. Okay. I think it's the same, the same vibe, but Got it's it. not laughing cow cheese. Okay. It is definitely like the dairy lobby of okay. the United States. Because that's, that's, how, yeah. that's how we roll here in America. Uh, but yes. So when we were talking about this, like if the consultants are happy, they'll take care of the clients. That's when I was like, yeah, happy cows make the best cheese. And she had no idea what I was talking about, but she also told me I could not call her consultants cows because they would be offended <laughs> by them. But I still like it. Happy cows make the best cheese. What like makes it. you a happy cow? That's what I like to ask our people. What makes yeah. you a happy cow? What and would make you happy? It's different for everyone. Yeah. I think everyone has. We have one answer. consultant who would bill 
24 hours a day if she could. She just she just wants to make a lot of money. So she'll bill as much as humanly possible. And right. then we have Nikki who runs her skincare business and just wants to bill enough to support her lifestyle so she can focus on that, which is really her passion, which is yep. great. That's awesome. They're both happy cows, but they have different needs. And I love that. And I think that's, I love the, the opportunity you guys are giving folks to do the work that they want to do in the way that they want to do it. Because I think, again, agency life, I've only worked for a couple of agencies in the past, but the hustle culture is 100% real. Like I've been a practitioner or a tactical consultant. I've also been like the strategic management consultant and you're constantly going like all the time. And you're, you're always looking like at the next upsell opportunity. You're looking Mm -hmm. at the next way to get into like another division and, and all of that. And I have no desire to do that in what I do. Like I, I kind of like what, what you guys are doing. Like, I just, I want it to kind of go grow organically and just as it happens and it feels natural, that's the best thing for me. If I have to start and, and it will it will grow naturally because the people who've been around long enough to confidently become a consultant, like you've built those relationships. For sure. And that is 95% of what we're doing yep. is just maintaining your relationships. Yep. No, and that's uh, like a, the majority of the business that I've drummed up over the last couple of years has all been from people I consulted for in the past, uh, people I worked with in the past. Or what's happening now is referrals. So Mm -hmm. my current clients are referring me to their friends who also are in MarTech in one way, shape or form. And like, for me, that's the most valuable thing in the world. Like being able to like use someone else's words to help sell me versus me go out there and try to sell myself. So kudos for you guys for for building an environment like that. That's, That's really cool to see. Now, is it primarily women? that that are on the team um that's a good question I don't think we've ever really done this but there are a lot of women yeah I also think that like you know obviously I don't think we really have called Emmy an agency but in some ways you know like we we are um like we have clients that are that are directly ours and we also support consultants who have their own clients like we don't have a non-compete in that manner I know that's the consideration. Like if you work for an agency, like you cannot have clients like on your own, but that's not what we're trying to do here. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't, are there any other women led agencies? I mean, I'm sure there are, but founded and led, I don't know. It's fun. I mean, like we pretty much were like, oh, let's make our website pink. Like that seems countercultural. Sometimes we, like you'll find, (laughs) Sydney sent me the best quote the other day, but I'm like, you know, it would be really funny is if we like I'm kind of an instigator like what if we did this Sydney's better at being like stop it shut yes that's why Lauren and I work because I'm a little more grounded but Lauren is Lauren pushes me and I bring her to earth and in like for a while is where I I want to I want to um, like say about this next statement that this is not what we are calling ourselves, but I was like, Sydney, what if we like went to market as the retirement home for like old Marketo <laughs> champ practitioners? <laughs> <laughs> like we all quit our corporate jobs and now we're just going to retire happily. We take on our clients here and everyone leaves us alone for the most part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she said no. cantankerous, cantankerous collective. 
(laughs) (laughs) She said no. But I mean, we've got some really cool, like you'll see on our website soon, some really cool. um, Sorry, I don't even remember what the question was at this point. (laughs) Oh, oh, are there mostly are there mostly women? I was answering it. I was answering it. We have really great members of a collective. First of all, we have amazing clients. Like people that you would be like, wait, they're working with those people. <laughs> Shouldn't that be <laughs> really calling like Accenture or Deloitte or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Um, collective, huh? <laughs> have you seen their website? Their tagline <laughs> is big tech energy. Like, can we? Is this a red flag? <laughs> I like that tagline, by the way. <laughs> Big tech really I, merch coming soon to <laughs> nice. a store really near like. you. Nice. Yeah. We'll send you, send um, you something. But like, something. we've got, you know, I think all these are all the people who have uh, let me go on public. Courtney Makara is in the collective. And really, we, 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 we uh, they're consultants, but we refer our, our consultants as members because right. everyone's kind of like, you know, involved in different levels, whether sure. they're using our services or we're just partnering. Um, but Courtney Makara with Mustang Martech. Um, uh, I have not listened to Anne's last name pronounced on Google, but I will from now on. And <laughs> Angel, Angeli um, with Jade Martech. Um, Jeff Castline is, what's his new business called? Momentara, Moment, I Momentara. Think. Momentara. Momentara, yeah, is a member. Uh, so he's a dude. Um, Kristen Malkovich <laughs> with Moonwise, Martech. <laughs> Anyway, some really great Anna Leary, Blaze and Co. Carrie, a lot of women. Carrie uh, Pickles with uh, Condurio. Yeah, she's doing reporting. So it's good for us. And I'm happy to promote their brands too. Like if somebody wants to go directly to Courtney, by all means. And we'll work for her business too. There's so much, there's enough work for everybody. Oh my God. You know, that's fine. <laughs> And that's the one, that's the one thing I've really, truly appreciated, like in a very, in an old school way, this conversation doesn't happen because we're competing. Mm-hmm. Like we're both, we're both like, you guys probably do very similar things to what I do, but there's probably differences of what you do versus what I do as well. But like 10 years ago, you weren't sitting down with like another agency or whatnot and like waxing poetic about laughing cows We're deconstructing non-competes exactly no non spoiler alert that was one of my hot takes on our pretty funny business podcast um next time we oh, have a was. podcast mike i'll promote your i'll promote your podcast since Thank i'm you. doing this without asking <laughs> <laughs> no please no and look, like, i want like I, I like you guys do like i love your podcast like it just again it like it feels very conversational. It just feels very natural. And you guys are hilarious. Like, I just, I love <laughs> listening to you, your banter on things. It's That's awesome. Sydney's husband um, thinks we're very I was going to say, my husband, my husband is our podcast editor, and, which is great. He's a good, he's a good sounding board for it. And he's good at editing it. And he's like, he just finished editing our new episode last night and we published it this morning. And he came out last night and he was like, so I didn't end up cutting anything. Because it got a little rambly, but I think if someone's listening to your podcast, they're kind of okay with it. I agree. <laughs> it's your, it's, it's your flavor. It's, I don't want to say your brand. That's such a cheesy thing to say. It's but. fine. It is. That's part of why we did the podcast. Like we had to do, mm-hmm. kind of, 
Like, I, we, it, honestly, Mike, it's like, we have to put this nonsense somewhere. We don't want it to like flatten the Emmy Collective brand because that's not fair because we've got a lot of members. Uh, but if we just corral- That's a pretty funny business. Our nonsense. We called it Emmy After Dark. Emmy After Dark is our podcast. Yeah. I was thinking of yeah. creating a podcast or something called like LinkedIn After Dark, where it's like, you just talk blue about marketing ops and MarTech and like just- do it over a couple cocktails too and get it like really loose. Okay. This, okay. This was the worst thing to be lost pre pandemic or within the pandemic drunk history. Oh. We need a drunk history podcast and, and maybe that's it. I drunk love that. Like, like you need to have a drink or two and then show up and recap someone else's LinkedIn life post. cycle. <laughs> oh, LinkedIn post. <laughs> RIP Drunk History. Gosh, that was a funny show. What if we made a LinkedIn drinking game where we each individually scrolled our LinkedIn feeds together and every time we saw broetry, you had to take a shot. Or if you saw two in a row, you had to make someone else take a shot. Mm. Or if you saw a video that shows someone's giant microphone in front of their face, everyone dies. Like me? (laughs) (laughs) It's not in your Video. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The microphone that's like hanging down, and they're oh, like, I know. "I'm here to tell you the top ten sales tips for 2023 in this economy." <laughs> You're talking too slow, though. You've got to say it really fast and punchy, like top ten tips for everything to do in marketing automation. Go, like <laughs> <laughs> ten hooks to get people responding to your cold emails faster. Number one, you got to use their first name token. Number two, make sure your name is not garbage. <laughs> oh man i love it i love it okay there's definitely a linkedin drinking game that needs to get born out of this in some way yeah. shape or i would not survive that drinking game i'm a small person <laughs> 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 so when you guys are sick of me we'll do it right. <laughs> we're ready to off lauren it's the linkedin drinking game that's how she goes everyone now I think I've heard you both talk about Taylor Swift on the podcast and specifically. Oh my God, the- do we get to talk about Taylor Swift? I am a, oh. I, I need to preface this because I don't think it's fully fair that I get roped into this because I do like Taylor Swift. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Is she a part of my personal brand? No. Is she a part of Sydney's personal brand? Absolutely. So. Actually, when we were doing our like brand planning with our mentor, the three brands she compared us to. So later in life, we'll talk about like what we're planning for uh, charitable stuff. But the three bands, brands that she compared us to was Tom's, The Onion, <laughs> and then Disney World. And I said, well, Disney's my personal brand. We're a big Disney family. It is a Disney adult trademark. Okay. No, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no. <laughs> okay. I would, I mean, yes, I'm a Disney adult, but I'm not that kind of Disney adult. Last, <laughs> last, oh, so I had her split Disney in half and put Disney and Taylor to- together. Yeah, so it I was Taylor like so same. dressed up as Cinderella. That's what it was. I didn't choose that. That was Liz. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Lauren, would you, would you go to Disney World on purpose without your children? Yes. Okay. Then you are a Disney adult. I think if you went to Disney with me, 
you would see the real Disney adults and you'd say, okay, you're, I know there's a spectrum of Disney adult. Yes. You're on it. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. Just as I know there's a spectrum of Swifty. I'm also on it. I welcome you to it. Yes. I am the extreme side. So did I'm you a hyperfixation Swifty. And I think if I recall correctly, it was the conversation was around the whole Ticketmaster debacle when she was going on tour. And you ultimately yeah. got tickets, I think, right? I did ultimately get tickets. Good. Yes, Good. I did. An angel appeared to me. Her name is Jess Sprinkle, and she's the CEO of Sponge, another agency, and also a good friend. Um, and she got me tickets. She got me tickets without even getting herself tickets. Someone else had gotten her tickets and she just hopped in a queue because she knew I did not get tickets yet. I was also in a queue and I was seeing no success and she just bought two tickets and was like, they're for you. That's nice. That's so. She's my Taylor Swift guardian angel. She's the nicest person in the world. I love it. Um. I like I'm I love music. So when I hear folks talk about music, it makes my heart very happy. What are you guys listening to these days outside of say a Taylor Swift? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's it. Uh here are the things I listen to. Taylor Swift, yep. the pretty funny business podcast. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> I listen own, to this. Hey. Her own podcast. She'll listen to this because she's on it. Because <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> hey, I, I listen to this more so because I want to make sure it sounds good. So like, I'll yes. listen to it like on my Sono speaker in my living room. I'll listen to it in my car because I want to make sure it sounds good wherever That's people good. could potentially be listening to it. Not, not an audio file that way, but just, I like it to sound nice. We yeah. listen to our it podcast nice. so I can be like, Lauren, we have to stop talking over each other. <laughs> we both have far too much ADHD to. There have been, there have been at least one or two times that she was like, wait what if that joke doesn't land the way we intended? And so yeah. we'll go back and like delete, delete, delete. Cause we don't want, yeah, we don't want, we're not trying to cause chaos no. out here. No. You should do no. like an uncensored, unclipped episode. And just let well, the most recent episode was not edited. At Perfect. All, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he like fixed the audio levels, et cetera. Et cetera. Sure. It's cliche, sure. but there was no content on Saturday. <laughs> uh, I music is a big part of my life, or at least was at at one time. My husband was a drummer in a band when we met. He is a financial planner now, so things have changed quite significantly. Um, but currently in our house, we're listening to a lot of the Lyle Lyle Crocodile soundtrack. Okay, which is heavy. Sean Mendes uh due to my children but i will say that it is from the same producers of the greatest showman which had like a really nice little soundtrack too so if you're interested in sean mendez and and we're a fan of the greatest showman you might also like the lila crocodile soundtrack and or movie um so beyond like my kids stuff right now which is currently lila Lyle, hamilton uh, kids bop we actually listen to a lot of Tchaikovsky because my middle daughter is a ballet dancer and she loves it we listen to so much Swan Lake like so much wow um but me wow, personally I feel like you know 
pre-classical music. Oh no, no, Marina will tell you who's your favorite composer. I know, I believe you. Yes, she's. One day I will talk entirely about that girl in the podcast. But um, I feel like Mike. I would love your opinion on this as someone who enjoys music. Sure. I have a hard time finding new music lately because, like, ever since, like, for years now, probably ten years. Like I've been listening to the same thing because it's music I like and I'm not listening to the radio anymore. So how do I like, sure, I'll get like, you know, the random Spotify things, but otherwise I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to the same Bonnie Vare record for 13 years. <laughs> I, I be I'm listening to Taylor still. What else am I going to do? She has a huge catalog. I do not have the energy find That's someone true. else that I like she's reinventing herself all the time I what Taylor fulfills all of my needs yeah I do I thought like pop music had a revival about three years ago there were a lot of bangers um so I was listening to like a lot of Julia Michaels and a lot of um Khalid that was fun but seriously like on repeat I've had Casey Musgraves for a couple of years she's a great songwriter um, James Vincent McMorrow is one of my favorites for like 10 years, but, oh, oh, you know what? I saw the shins a couple of months ago oh, that's and fine. they were amazing. It's the second time I've seen them, but one of my favorite bands, do you remember Spotify did the like 10 year, your, your like bands of like the decade yeah. in 2020. Yeah. So what was interesting because I had like kind of recently found this band, but the, the band's name is Joseph. It's three sisters out of the Pacific Northwest. And they are like unbelievable vocalists, but they opened for the shins and then also sang background for the shins. And it was heaven. It was heaven. If you can watch any of that on YouTube, highly recommend. I was going to say like, for me finding music, I, 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 I watch a lot of music videos too. So I just sometimes just mm-hmm. let that happen because normally like if like there'll be like a, a YouTube mix of like rock videos. So it starts with the one that, you know, and Spotify does this too. Spotify has the like, yeah, the, yeah. But uh, I think Spotify keeps spitting out the same. It's the same artist, yes. just different. Yeah. Like, and that's what yeah. I find too. Like I'm not finding new music that way. I find YouTube is really good at it. And I'm also really fortunate. Like I've got four really close friends that are really into music like I am. And so we're constantly sharing stuff and like, we all love rock, heavy metal, that type of music, but we all have different flavors of it. So my, so what are you listening to right now? Oh boy. Uh, what is, well, I mentioned this on my last podcast, a lot of butt rock. <laughs> what? Excuse what is that? <laughs> it's think of, I'm band, interested. Think of bands like Seether, Three Days Grace, Breaking Bad. Oh, now I know why it's called Butt. It's like they, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where the term butt rock came from, but it's basically <laughs> like the way that I, the way that I mentioned it last week was like if Monster Energy Drink were to have a music festival, these are the bands that would play at it. <laughs> it's like that type of vibe. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I want to create the entire like Lollapalooza-ish poster of all the butt rock bands, I could fill it up. I could fill it up. Like, I know where you're headed. Okay. Okay. So that's like, that's where I, I, I'm kind of treading right now. I feel like Evanes- Evanescence might be the headliner as like a throwaway. Evanescence, Evanescence is on my wow. playlist that I call 
Rock to anus. Back. <laughs> What's it called? I, I, named, I named my Spotify playlist Rock to Anus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I nailed it. I nailed yeah, it. you did. Evanescence is definitely on it. 100%. They would be headlining this, yes. this, uh, this festival. Yes. yes, they are. Like, if you think of like that kind of like new metal-ish type sound with like Papa Roach or like, I'm trying to think of what else kind of pops up on there. Uh, yeah, I said Seether, Hinder. Um, Hinder? Yeah. Is that Lips of an Angel? Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. You guys are like triggering me a little bit. So I was like, at the during this time period, I was like strictly <laughs> like emo pop and punk rock. And so these were like, so this is like, if someone were like, hey, someone is categorized these bands as butt rock, I'd be like, yeah, they should be called butt rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like radio it's like an it's it's hard enough that it can be considered hard rock but it's friendly enough that you can play it on the radio for sure like i think like florence the machine would be like new age bar rock yep yep for sure for sure (laughs) (laughs) so yeah a a lot of um I don't know if, if when you guys are working, I listen to a, like a lot of like lo-fi beats, like just kind of calm, chill music, mm-hmm. like really in on something. I love classic rock. I love anything with guitar. Like I'm surrounded by guitars in here too, but like anything that has like guitar in it, I love it. You play it? Yeah, I've, I've played since I think I was 11 or 12 and I'm cool. going to be 41 this year, which is. Wow. <laughs> but no, I've played, I've played in a few bands in high school uh right before the pandemic actually i was when i was working at path factory um uh, we actually had like oh a, you were i i did <laughs> he was I, <laughs> <laughs> so when i was working at path factory my best friend also one of my best friends also worked there and one of our other developers was a musician as well and my one of my my best friend that worked there his personal trainer was a vocalist so we would get together every Thursday or Friday night, rent a jam session, like a jam space, and then play for three or four hours. And we would do things like Nirvana, Finger Eleven, Seether, uh, Chevelle, like just accessible rock. And it was a lot of fun. But I haven't done that, obviously, since the pandemic. And I don't live downtown Toronto anymore. So can't uh, can't jam that way. I just jam in my basement now. I like it. Nice. Well... We've talked for a while and I've really appreciated Sorry, this. we can talk forever. That's also- I know, this is great. It's, it's nice to, it, A, I was saying this when when Sydney first jumped on. Like, I feel like I know you guys just, and I we barely started talking. See, would you start a business with us? It's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if like, we've only you really- go to Siesta Key? For a few months. And it feels like I know you guys, because you guys, again, like you put your authentic selves out there. And I really appreciate that because that's what I'm trying to do as well. And really love what you guys are doing with Emmy. And I love the podcast. I love just the the vibes that you guys put out. So kudos for building a really good brand that way. And kudos for building a really strong business. That's awesome. If the pandemic was able to do anything, it was able to help bring this to life. So Thank Thanks, you Mike. Both. That's so kind. Oh, it's the Canadian in me, but it's also the. It Jewish. is, I think, because people like Sydney and I aren't very nice to each other. Like we are, but like in like a sisterly kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Like so that was really way. nice. Oh, it was nice. That was to, nice. It was nice to hear that something was, nice. 
the genuine kindness that you only get from a Canadian. There you go. And I mean <laughs> every word I say, I promise. Yeah. But I really appreciate both of you making the time this week. Thank you. Um, before we jump, is there any, how can people reach out to you? How can people learn more about Emmy and what the services you offer? Your podcast, your socials, go. We're at emmyco.com. You can also find us on Instagram at pretty.funny.business or no, no dots. I'm sorry. At pretty funny business. <laughs> you blew it. You're going to have to have it. I'm it. sorry. And at Emmy. What are collective. we on Instagram? At Emmy Co- Emmy Collective. Collective. Emmy yeah. Collective on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And you'll find us on LinkedIn and you'll find us in Cleveland and in New York. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Hit well, me up I'll if you sh- want to go to the diner. <laughs> I'll make sure that that all of your contact information is in the episode description as well. So if folks want to reach out, that would be awesome because they would people would be very fortunate if they get to work with you both. So thank you oh, for just my. being you. Like, <laughs> we should talk to more Canadians. <laughs> <sighs> well, Maybe I wouldn't have to see my therapist as often. No. <laughs> I see mine every two weeks. <laughs> retainer yeah so well, we gotta keep working <laughs> thank you both we will uh thank you Mike. Sure we will be talking over the grams and the linkedins like we do so thank you both definitely thank you tell you what i've done for you Fifty thousand tears i've cried screaming deceiving and bleeding A great conversation with Sydney and Lauren. Hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. I had a blast having that conversation. Sydney and Lauren are my wife is my wife Kim's gonna laugh at this or make fun of me for this. Literally, salt of the earth. I love that term. I I will say that to people who are legitimately, genuinely nice, good people. And Sydney and Lauren check all the boxes. If you have an opportunity to work with Sydney and Lauren and the team that they have built over at Emmy Collective, please do. Please do. Your life will be better for it. We'll have links to how you can connect with Emmy Collective uh, in the description of this podcast, as well as across our socials as well. Thank you again for listening this week. It's uh, people are repeat listening. That's what the data is telling me. And that (laughs) seriously is fucking crazy. So thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. Enjoy a little bit more going under. Uh, Rewind back to the start of the episode. If you want to hear the socials, they're all there. We're going to keep this tight. We're going to close her up. We're going to shut the mill down. It's Friday night. It's 815. I've got a half filled ryan diet coke sitting next to me that is just mm, waiting for me to come in and have a couple of sips so i'm gonna do that enjoy a little evanescence going under going out of this podcast we will see you next time Peace.